It was fun to uh, go through the class with the uh, kiddos uh, for this, the Christian emblem and spend some time and get to know them. And I sure appreciate the parents and all that they've done. And Lord, it's been a it's been a good um, service tonight, hasn't it? You enjoyed the singing and the specials. Boy, some some really neat specials tonight. If you would open your Bible to First Corinthians thirteen, we're going to spend I don't know twenty twenty five minutes um, just looking at Scripture tonight and getting back to. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. And in this passage, the Apostle Paul is giving us really the most excellent way that we ought to live with one another. And surely how we ought to have love one for another. And a love that is really a a Christian love. It's a sacrificial love. It's a love that really we can't just muster up. This is something that God helps us with. This is something that the Holy Spirit really, um, this is a fruit of the Spirit, this type of love. And as we've gone through, uh, as I've read through the book of 1 Corinthians and studied this in Sunday school, it's Corinth has all kinds of problems. You remember? <laughs> all kinds of uh, pride and arrogancy and selfishness and division and schisms and looking to one leader and another leader and 
all these different problems. And, and Paul now is coming here and he's, he's, he's reminding them, really, what, what is true Christian love? And how the church ought to love one another and the different spiritual gifts that, that God has given the, the body of believers. How, how we ought to be using those gifts to minister to one another. So if you're in 1 Corinthians 13, we're going to start reading in verse 1 and read the first, uh, verse, uh, first eight verses. Paul says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity... Remember, charity is a good translation. It means sacrificial love. We understand that. Charity work is the idea of you do something, you don't get anything in return. Jesus the word charity. And have not charity and become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal, something that just doesn't communicate. It doesn't, doesn't mean anything. You can speak all the different languages of the world, but if you don't have sacrificial love, the, the greatest language to communicate, it means nothing. It has no value. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, all these great, wonderful spiritual gifts, so so that this faith I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. So now, even though I have these great spiritual gifts, really, I I have no, no profit with my life towards others in the church, in my family, in my community. Verse 3, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profits me nothing. And you think about that, giving your own body to be burned is really one of the, and to help giving to feed the poor, the idea is giving all you have in small increments to help others and giving it all out. But you don't have this sacrificial love, this agape love, this love that that was was who Christ was and how he demonstrated it. It's of no value. There's no profit. There's no profit to you. And ultimately, there's no profit to the people that are being ministered to and and helped. Even giving your own body, even in that the idea of being martyred, there's no profit. And really, this is kind of where we're getting into um, some of the things we looked at some of these verbs. There's 15 verbs that describe love here. Love is so much more than an emotion. Love is a choice. It's an action. And love here is is. Uh, defined and it's described here for us and it takes 15 different verbs to kind of get this across and paul writes and says charity suffereth long and is kind charity envieth not charity vaunteth not itself the idea is that it's not it's not boastful it's not boasting about its accomplishments and all that you've done and different things it's not boasting that's not love love is not puffed up or Arrogant or full of pride. It doth not behave itself unseemly. We're going to talk about that specifically tonight. What does that mean to behave itself unseemly? It's the idea of being rude. Love is not rude. Then the next one is love seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices... In the truth, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Charity never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. 
So this passage really describing love. Tonight I want to talk about perfect love demonstrated. We're going to focus in on two ideas, Lord willing. The idea that love is not rude and love is not selfish. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're so thankful for your word. And Lord, I ask in just the next few moments that you, Lord, would speak to us. Lord, that you'd help us to truly um, comprehend, to understand that you would bear with our spirit, Lord, tonight to understand that the great sacrifice that you did, Lord Jesus, on the cross for us. How you died in our place. You took our sin and our pain, our, the punishment we deserve. And you took all that and you died. And three days later, you rose again. And you're alive today. And Lord, we're so thankful for that perfect love that was displayed. And really, the, the portrait of love is, is you, Lord. But I pray, Lord, that you'd help each one of us to have that type of love in our life. And Lord, tonight, as we talk about how love is not rude, I pray, Lord, that you would help us or to understand these things. Our society has gone the totally opposite way. And so, Lord, help us to show the world, to show our community as others, this perfect love that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tonight I'm going to be working off my phone. We were trying to print my notes, and uh, it did not work tonight. So I took a picture with my phone, and I'm doing it the best I can tonight. Uh, Not really the best way, but um, we saw that love is patient with people. That idea is the ability to wrong, to be wronged and wronged and wronged again, but not to retaliate, but to still love that person. It takes a lot of work, a lot of effort to be patient and to endure what others are doing to us. But on the flip side, the Bible says not only to endure it, not only to have this patience, but to be kind one to another. And this is much more. This is the idea of not retaliating, but actually showing love back to that person. It's the idea of love is kind. We talked about how love is not envious of others. Boy, I see this a lot in families, in my own family, that sibling jealousy and rivalry and all those things that go on. And that can go on in the church. And it was going on in the church at Corinth. But that's not how love ought to be. There's no jealousy in love. We ought to what? Rejoice when someone does well. We ought to, we ought to encourage them and help them and, and praise the Lord for what God can do through all of that. And then last time, which is probably a month ago or so, we talked about how love is not boastful. Uh, We we ought not to be talking about all the accomplishments we've done. We ought to really boast in who? The Lord Jesus. In fact, Paul said several times that I glory not in anything I've done, but I glory in the cross. I glory in what Jesus has done for me. His boasting was not in his accomplishments. And he was one one of the greatest, if not the greatest missionary. God used him in a mighty, powerful way. One of the founders of the church that God used. But his boast was in Jesus Christ and in the cross. Love is not puffed up. It's not proud. Folks, it's easy to be prideful people, isn't it? I learn that more and more every day. You can understand when Paul says, I'm the chief of sinners. You know, as as we get closer to our Lord... I think one of the one of the mature one of the maturing factors is understanding how easy it is to become prideful and let things creep in. But tonight I want to just focus in that little bit of review there. But looking at this idea, it doth not behave itself unseemly. This is the idea that love is not rude. 
Love is not disgraceful. Love. Love is love does what is according to proper form. Love is choosing to do what's appropriate, having appropriate actions and responses toward others and showing that kindness. That's the kind of love that we're talking about here. Someone someone has said rudeness is finding more and more acceptance in today, in today's culture. Public behavior and words that were unthinkable a generation ago are now commonplace. We live in what uh, one gentleman said in the Wall Street Journal is the renaissance of rudeness. The fact is that rudeness is rooted in selfishness. Manners are meant to reduce the friction of human interaction. Discourtesy reveals a lack of consideration for others. The ill-mannered person is communicating that it's all about me. You see, folks, when we think about manners, teaching our children manners and having manners in our church, one of the manners um, that we often talk about at our church is not to run in the fellowship hall. And what, what, And I talk to my kids about this, and uh, my kids, we still have issues sometimes. Kids are full of what? Life and energy. And, and sometimes we have a problem with, well, where else do they get the energy out? Go run out in the parking lot? Well, you can sometimes do that, but you don't want to get ran over, too. So that's why we're looking forward to our new building. And I know what's going to happen over there. We're going to have kids running around and falling, and we're going to have now these nice clothes being grass-stained and all this stuff. And I'm okay with that. That's, that's, that's okay. That's part of having kids. But, you know, one of the, one of the reasons for that manner, uh, having good manners and, and not running in the fellowship hall and things, is the idea that we want to make sure that we don't have our kids run into an older person, and hurt that person. Um, Because, you know, as well as I do, kids don't always, they're not always aware of their surroundings, right? And I know this happens sometimes and things and kids. And we just, as a church family, though, we be gracious and we ought to help, help, help our kids. And uh, that's one of the neat things about having a a dedication service for our, our kids here at this church. We do not baptize infants, but the idea is that we we dedicate our children, and that is not only a responsibility to the parents, but that's a, a good responsibility for our church to help church family, help, help our kids to grow up in the things of the Lord. But that's one of the reasons we tell our kids not to run around. We, we don't want the kids to come up on the stage and get into the mics and in the different instruments or get back by the sound booth. And does this happen? Yeah, our kids are learning, okay? But there's a reason for that good manner because it shows love to other people. Um, shows love to our pianists and to our sound people. Boy, the day when we get a digital uh, board back there, right? That'll be nice. <laughs> when all you have to do is turn it on and then you know who's up there and you just press a button and all the settings will go right. Um, and I haven't seen a lot of that, so I'm not harping tonight. But I'm just saying the idea is that there's manners are a good thing. We, we uh, listen to um, Patch the Pirate, a uh, great... Uh, children's program that we like to listen to in the car and things and they have some good things on there but i remember one of the one of the stories that's on there is called island it's all about this little boy that is so stuck on himself it's all about him and he's very selfish and so there's the the king of island comes and and takes him and he gets taken to the island an actual island it's kind of a make on words and one of the songs in there is talking about good manners uh 
Remember your manners, for it is right. Remember your manners. It's the Christian's delight. You see, I'm harping on the children this morning, but the the uh, or this evening, it's morning somewhere, right? Um, but um, it's not only the children that aren't having good manners. I'll never forget the time I went into Walmart, and I've shared this before. And I went to Walmart, and I went, and this wasn't even in Eugene. This was in South Carolina. But I went there, and I was looking at undershirts. I needed to get some more undershirts. It's a nice thing to have down south with it being so humid and things. And I just I couldn't believe this. I've never seen anything like this. Nothing really shocks me anymore, though. Um, but this is probably 15 years ago. I was in college, and this gentleman went over to the shirts, and he looked at it. And he noticed it was in a sack, and he wasn't sure. He, I could tell him really looking out of it and, uh, and wondering if it would fit him. So he rips it open. He pulls one out, takes his shirt off, and he tries it on right in the aisle there. And I just, you know, I, I just, you know, could he do that? I, I guess so. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't think you can. Lots of times you can't go into stores without a shirt on. There is dressing rooms, too. I'm sure they would allow them to do that. But it just was, it was rude. It was rude to the people that would have to repackage that. I don't know if you want to buy an undershirt some other guy <laughs> just put on. It's like underwear, too, you know. Who wants to buy underwear someone already tried on, you know. Um, but it was, it was rude. And, you know, it's, it's so easy in our society today to not say thank you to somebody. To not say please, to not be courteous, to not tip, or to not tip very well those those waiters and waitresses that wait on you. You know, all those things are ways that we show love. Does that does that take? Uh, uh, what should I say? Does that take a little bit of sacrifice to say those things? Not really. But you can't be thinking all about yourself. If you're thinking about all about yourself. Oh, that's what the waiter and the waitress are supposed to do. Where's my drink? It's not refilled, <laughs> you know. And certainly there is times where they, they ought to be doing what they're supposed to be doing. But that's what he's talking about here. Behave itself not unseemly or the idea of rude. That's what happened in Corinth. In Corinth, they had the Lord's Supper. And the Lord's Supper there was was a neat time of remembering what Christ had done. But they did much more than, than we would do and most churches do. They would actually have like a love feast. They would come, they would bring their food, and they would eat together, and they would make a big meal out of it. And what was happening was the people that had a lot of food, that had money, that were more wealthy, they would come to the church, and they would have kind of their own place where they would eat. And they wouldn't share that with those that didn't have as much or more of the poor. Can you imagine having something like that in a church? I can't imagine having a potluck where we have, oh, this is the room for those that brought all the food. This is the room for those that have a little bit. That would be really sad, wouldn't it? It almost reminds me of a clique. You see, I I see cliques as bad manners, rude. You know, one thing that I really appreciate about Westside, and, and we can always be growing in this area, is how we have the older generations we have the younger generations and there's a neat mix there we, we try not to have those clicks and that's important because what does it do when you have visitors that come and and other people that come if you have a click they don't they don't feel welcome i'm not a part of it i'm not accepted I, have you ever been around people like that or churches or different groups like that i've been around that that's that's no fun 
That's, that's very, very unloving. That's, this is the idea that he's talking about tonight is love is not rude. Well, well how, do we, how do we have this type of love? One thing, we've got to be walking in the Spirit. We've got to be, we've got to be um, in fellowship with God. I tell you, if you're in God's Word and you're walking with the Lord, you, you, you remember what Christ has done for you. It's, it's so much more a part of your life to say please and thank you and open doors and have good manners and, and even show that, that love to others. But First, first Peter 3.15 talks about the idea of of giving an answer to those that ask for the faith that you have. You know how it says to give that answer? It says with gentleness and with fear, or the idea is respect. You know, one of the ways that we show good manners to others and show this type of love is to be gentle with people and to show respect, to be respectful. I know in my family, if if Kelly and I are, you know, we're just not not walking in the spirit, if we don't show gentleness and respect to our children, they will not show gentleness and respect back. Is that the way it is in your family? (laughs) We've got to work at it and being patient. It's the same way that we've got to ask God, help me to be respectful of that other person. Same in marriages. Not having a good relationship with your spouse, are you being respectful to that person in our church and such things? There are times that we have to confront sin and we have to confront our children or just others. We have to confront people. I I felt like confronting the guy in Walmart, but he looked not quite like the guy that I should confront at the time, okay? (laughs) Um, There's a time and place for that. But the the Bible says to what? Speak the truth in love. There is truth. God's revealed word is, is truth for us, and we need to know it. But we need to speak the truth in love. You know, your good manners and your politeness goes a long ways. People see that. You know, when we go out as a church to different restaurants, people notice. Notice if you tip. They notice They notice how you act. Even as a family going out to eat, they, they, people will notice. They'll notice the, the politeness of the kids and the manners and just being respectful of the place. They notice. It's one of the ways we can show others that we are a Christian. There's something different about us and ultimately point them back to Jesus and what he's done for us and how he loves us. Love is not rude, but it's also not, does not seek its own. The idea is it's not selfish. This is pretty much the key of love, isn't it? I mean, this is kind of right in the middle of these 15 different verbs Love is not selfish. Folks, I don't know the greater exam- the, great- the greatest example, I don't know any other better example than is the Lord Jesus himself. Mark, uh, I think it's chapter 10, verse 45, says, Christ came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, to give his life a ransom for many. Even God himself coming to this earth came not to be ministered unto. He didn't come for... Um, for even the worship that was due his name, the reverence, all those things, he came lowly to Bethlehem in a, in a stable he was, or in a manger he was placed. And he came so that he might atone for our sins, so that he might be that propitiation, that he might satisfy the wrath that we deserve. 
Bible is very clear. Ever since the, the Garden of Eden, mankind does not have a selfless nature. He has a selfish nature. I don't have to teach that to my children or to anybody. I see adults all the time and different people. Were, and even myself, or what's the first response? It's not a selflessness. It's a selfishness. It's 1030 at night. I'm upstairs in my house. And I've been getting ready for bed. I already brushed my teeth, put my pajamas on. You know, I'm in my bed. And I hear my all my kid. I hear one of my kids say, Dad, I'm really thirsty. Can you get me some water? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why didn't you drink earlier? <laughs> Go to the bathroom, drink out of the faucet. <laughs> it's tests like that. You know what helps me though? Is when I say Oh, Lord, what did you do for me? He didn't have to come to this earth. He didn't have to die on that old rugged cross and shed his blood for us. He didn't have to take on our sin punishment. So when I start thinking about that, that little cup of water doesn't seem so big to walk down and walk back up. You know what the other one is? Side note. <laughs> it's the cat being in the house, and the cat gets up at 3 in the morning. And meow is wanting out the door. That's a side note. And I, and I think to myself, how valuable is the cat? <laughs> and I say that, and I got, I got Nate McLean here, the owner of Zany Zoo, and I think of all the animals that they, they watch over there. But, um, folks, Christ, Christ loved us so much, he gave his life for us. He died in our place. He did what we could not do. He died the most violent form of death. And he died for our sins. Folks, we have hope tonight because of what Christ did. He demonstrated that love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible is clear that our payment's been paid in full, but Christ has done all these things for us, but it's not enough if we don't put our faith in him as our savior. One of the one of the lessons for the children was Jesus God's gift to me. We just had Christmas. You know if if someone got you a gift and you said, oh, "I don't want that gift. I don't want it from you. I'm not going to take it." You didn't you didn't receive it. Now that would be bad manners, okay? But but truly God has given the greatest gift of his son Jesus who's died for us. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God has given his son. He's died in our place. He's rose again. And God says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, it's not through our own works. We, we, we can't do enough. There's, the Bible says our works are as filthy rags. But Christ paid it in full. That's why Paul says, I glory not in myself. I glory in the cross. Tonight we can come to know him. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father in heaven, we are so thankful for the Lord Jesus. We're thankful that you loved us so much that you sent your son. We're thankful, Jesus, that you, being God the Son, you came. You willingly came, and not, not only just came, you came as a servant. You came out of the glories of heaven to this sin-cursed world, knowing 
knowing that you were going to die that on that old rugged cross and be go through all of that persecution and adversity and that pain and that punishment and ultimately to take our sins and to be even forsaken by the Father. But you did that because you loved us. And you rose from the dead that we might have eternal life. That the payment, we could see that the payment was paid in full. You totally, Lord Jesus, you appeased the very wrath of God the Father. You proved it by being raised from the dead. And you're the first fruits guaranteeing that one day we can, we can have this living hope. That we can overcome death. That we can overcome this sin world. Not through ourselves, but through you. So, Lord, I pray that you would just do work in our hearts tonight. Lord, if there be anybody that doesn't know Jesus as their, as their Savior, that they would put their faith in you. And Lord, you do work. i not doing it for me or for anyone else, but doing it because they want to be right with you. And, Lord, I, I pray that you tug at hearts tonight. If you could just keep your head bowed and your eyes closed a second. I want you just to think. We... We've talked about this love chapter and all the ways that we can have this love, but truly you can't fully have this love until you truly come to know Jesus as your Savior. Until you accept Him and He lives in you and His life lives through you and the Holy Spirit comes and lives and and helps you to have that fruit of the Spirit. I wonder tonight if God's tugging at your heart and you know that, that you're a sinner. Sin. It's anything that you've broken God's law by thinking it or saying it or doing it or not doing what you're supposed to. The Bible is clear that the wages of sin is death. That death being separation from God. And Jesus talked about a place called hell and the lake of fire and that judgment. We don't like to always think about that and talk about it. That's, That's the truth, though. But God also loved us so much. He gave us a way to heaven to spend forever with him have our sins forgiven. If you want to come to know him tonight, the Bible says all you have to do is ask. You need to trust him. He'll change you. He'll do a work in your heart. And I wonder, if no one else looking around, if someone would say, Pastor Nathan, I I want to accept Christ as my Savior. I just want to just raise your hand and say, Lord, Lord, you're doing a work in my heart. And and Pastor Nathan, I just want to acknowledge it. Okay. I see a, a hand and... God is long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish. And I say that, and He is willing to save anybody to the uttermost, and it can take place at any time, but don't put it off. We never know when our last breath will be. And I don't say that to scare you, but just that's truth. That's how it is. Come to know Him. Christian, how are you doing with your selflessness? Are you able to trust Christ, to yield to the Spirit, to serve one another, to have those good manners, to help others, to be courteous, to show that love. That's a way of showing love. We need to have that type of love in our church, in our homes, in our community. God help us. Lord, you know the hearts this morning or this evening. And Lord, you know what, you know every individual tonight. And Lord, we ask that you would do a work in hearts. And Lord, if there's still some here that don't know you as their Savior, that they would put their faith in you. And 
And Lord, that they would be radically transformed from the inside out. It would change their life. And uh, Lord, that um, you'd help those that have had this change, have been born again, Lord. We need need this preached to us every day. Lord, help us to be selfless. And Lord, to have that type of love that is courteous towards others. Lord, we love you now and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to stand to our feet this evening and we're going to sing an invitational song, number uh, 296, My Redeemer. Uh, We're going to sing the first and the last stanza so you can stand to your feet and think about what Christ has done. He's redeemed us. He's paid it in full and how we ought to show that love back to him and others. Why don't you come on up, Yoshi? Christ, no longer in bondage to sin, but we can be free, and, and now the Lord is our, our master, our, and we can serve him. Well, it's been a good evening tonight. Um, just want to remind you again to think about the leadership conference, pray about it, it should be very good. You can sign up at the Welcome Center. We have that work day this coming Saturday, and uh, so make sure you greet one another tonight. You are dismissed. <laughs>